Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2, an Odyssey station. The 8 at 8, the Ocho, 8 stories to get your day going. One. Let's start with some Super Bowl leftovers here on a Tuesday. Um, the Kyle Shanahan decision to take the football to start overtime still continues to fall under massive scrutiny, and it reached another level yesterday. There's certainly plenty of debate going on as to whether or not under the playoff overtime rules where each team is guaranteed a possession should you take the ball to start out with or should you take the ball second because then you're going to know exactly what it is that you need in order to win the game or keep the game going whatever the case may be um what has added more fuel to the fire Seth is the reveal that on the Kansas City side of things they had been coached up on these new overtime rules in the playoffs going all the way back to training camp this was something that they Accentuated. This is they stress this. This is a point of emphasis for them. Whereas, literally, the Niners had players finding out the rules for the first time. Eric Armstead said it. I found out the rules for the first time by looking up at the jumbotron in the stadium <laughs> in Las Vegas on Sunday night. These, these two things, both Kyle Shanahan's decision and then his lack of preparing the players for that situation, they don't necessarily have to be connected and related. They they could be two independent things. The thing I wonder about is, okay, if as a coach, if you haven't actually gone through and rehearsed it with your players and gone through that whole process or put them in that situation at practice, are you genuinely prepared for it itself? The other part of it, too, is I come up with different ways to defend Kyle Shanahan on this, mostly because I just feel bad for I feel bad for him because of the, just the narrative now. But I think that if you're a team like the Chiefs and you have a genuinely awesome defense, then um, I, I think letting the other team have the ball first, there's a there's a good chance that you're, you're going to have an advantageous outcome. Um I think with the 49ers, that that defense is not as good as the Chiefs' defense, no matter what it says statistically throughout mm-hmm. the season. They just weren't as solid. I think that there's something to be said for perhaps maybe you take the ball first and then you give your defensive coordinator a little bit more certainty about exactly what's going to happen on that second drive. You know, if you score a touchdown on that first drive, all right, you know for sure that Kansas City is going to be going for it on fourth down. That can affect your third down decision-making. It actually makes things a little bit simpler for, for Wilkes, the defensive coordinator. Yeah, like they're perfectly happy probably even at, on third and ten deep in their own territory going and eating up eight yards to get it to a manageable right. fourth down because yeah. they're going to go for fourth down anywhere on the field at yeah. that point. Andy Reid will be back in 2024. So any dreams that the Texans or other AFC teams have of the bricks starting to fall out of the wall with the Chiefs? Because at this point, that might be the best hope is to hope for retirement of Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid retiring, Patrick Mahomes getting abducted by aliens, or the aliens that put him here in the first place coming back and getting him like E.T., um, well, what about the what about the option of Travis Kelsey at some point all out assaulting Andy Reid? Maybe next time he throws an elbow to his poor head, 
You know? Yeah. It, like, he just, he, he bulldozed the dude that's got an artificial hip. Are we, are we really going to act like he might not actually punch him in the face next time? Um, Romo got a lot of criticism. Romo and Nance both got a lot of criticism for not making a bigger deal out of the shove by Travis Kelsey. Like, they, yeah. they were kind of just going, hey, Travis is telling him he wants to be in the game. You know, he's mad he's not out there. And I think a lot of people wanted to know, is that okay, though, that he shoved an old man like that? <laughs> yeah, like, is this, is this something that happens routinely or regularly? Yeah, yeah. Was, no, it's not normal at all. I texted. Like, this is the reason why people disliked Travis Kelsey long before he endorsed the vaccine or long before yeah. he dated Taylor Swift. Right. It's okay. Everybody, it's okay. You don't have to act like people only dislike Travis Kelsey for very specific and somehow politicized reasons. Travis Kelsey has always been annoying, and he remains so to this day. An awesome football player, yes, but incredibly annoying. On the country station on 100.3 The Bull, they were talking about it yesterday, asking if Travis Kelsey's behavior was a red flag for Taylor Swift. Like, does uh, that Travis, should be the topic. Does Travis Kelsey have rage issues? So I texted my daughter, who is a is a card-carrying Swifty who yeah. likes Travis Kelsey by proxy because it's Taylor's boyfriend. And I said, uh, Judy, did you see – and she's also a coach, I should point out, by the way, too. So she can kind of maybe see Andy Reid's side a yeah, little has bit. Has any of her cross-country players <laughs> shoved ever come her, up to her? Any of the girls her? on the, women's, the Tennessee women's cross-country team bowed up on Judy because they <laughs> didn't coach me up enough. Um, I said, did you see it? And she said, yes, I did, LOL, because she says LOL after everything. Um, were you okay with it? And she said, uh, "She said I like his passion. She said yeah, he was very, that's how it's gonna be yeah. He's, he's very passionate about what he does. It's, it's an aggressive sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I cool. don't know, man. I don't know. Three. Three. Right, a couple more Super Bowl nuggets here. We'll get to these quickly. Um, the most watched telecast in the history of telecasts was Super Bowl Fifty Eight across all their various platforms, both streaming and over the air uh, TV, regular TV. One hundred and twenty-three million viewers on average." And 200 million, we'll call them unique viewers, uh, throughout the course of the telecast. But on average, throughout the broadcast, there were wow. 123 million people I, watching this thing. That means that, man, that, that means that when people tuned in, they, they tuned in for a long they time. stuck around. Which makes sense. I mean, yeah, most people aren't just like, yeah, I'm going to catch a, the first quarter and a half of the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's destination viewing. Yep. They, the, um, the overall number, that 200 million number I gave you, is up about 10% over last year. I'll tell you what. I don't know if the NFL is ever going to have full-time officials or what have you. I do think, or I do suspect, that having all those extra officials wearing the all-black... If you notice on the broadcast, any of the listeners, if you notice all those officials wearing the black shirts, those are the extra ones they bring in for the playoffs. It felt like they brought in more than they ever have before because there were a few times when there were skirmishes on the field where all of a sudden they were like... It was like there were 10 security guards out there. It was all these 10 officials in black shirts breaking things up. I do think that it helped move things along, and perhaps it, it kept there from being when there were miscommunications or coaches were angry about calls. Um, things didn't get slowed down as much. I felt like it flowed really well. Maybe this is revealing the level of alcohol I've consumed in previous Super Bowls. Yeah. I've never noticed those guys. Have they been there for previous yes. Super Bowls? Um, it happened. Uh, remember the Texan situation where somebody called for a fair catch on a kickoff in the end zone? Um, oh, the Buffalo game. Yeah. The Buffalo. Yeah, yeah the who win over the, Buffalo. The, the, yeah. It was DeAndre Carter. 
Is DeAndre Carter? Yeah. That's right. That was one of like the, the, one of those extra officials consulted on oh, that. Okay. I remember. So yeah. This is not just so, a Super Bowl thing; it's a playoff thing. That's the only reason I knew about it. Okay. But yeah, so I've I've kind of noticed it before. But there were just I never noticed as many as there were in the Super Bowl, and I do think so. As far as the viewing experience goes, I think there were maybe. Maybe not as many little hitches and whatnot. It felt yeah. like the game flowed really well. I remember looking. I remember thinking, like at the beginning of the fourth quarter, "Holy crap! This game, this is a Super Bowl, and this feels like it's moved along." Pretty yeah, well. and then we got another whole quarter of football dropped on us before I could go to bed. Yeah, four. Right, this will be. <laughs> You're upset about a really be, good Super Bowl. I know. I need to go well, to okay. sleep. Real quick. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, real quick. Yeah. Was it a good Super Bowl or was it a sloppy Super Bowl? No, no, no. It was, I a, think high, it was a very close Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it, it satisfied me. Put it that way. Yeah. Is that an easy one? It was yeah, sloppy I wish throughout. It, I wish there hadn't been so much sloppiness, but yeah. other than that, it was competitive. Yeah, and, 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 it, and the last four, the fourth quarter and overtime were super compelling. Yeah. And we have storylines for days here afterwards. This is a real quick one. $185.6 million bet on the Super Bowl legally in Las Vegas. Hundreds of millions more bet around the country legally. Hundreds and hundreds of million more bet illegally, I would imagine. Not, not that I know anything about that. Um, but I, I say all this. This bullet point is for you, degenerates. Good job wagering your hard-earned money on the Super Bowl. Profit, $6 million in Vegas. Five. All right, the six Rockets. Million. Six They made $6 million. <laughs> on 185. It's a, it's a good day's work. Wait a second. What? Uh, they only made $6 million total? That's like an industry? That's No, in, no, no, no. In Ve- the, on the $185 yeah. million that was wagered in Vegas, yeah. $185 million total wagered, yeah. the books made a total of about $6.8 million. That doesn't seem like that much money to That's, support like the huge casinos it's, and everything. But it but it's one well they do other things too. The slot sports machine. wagering. Well no, that's what okay, no, I know this. Sports wagering doesn't actually bring in it's that very much small money, thing, right? Yes, it's a little yeah. bit of it. Not a loss leader, but it's just it's something a vanity that item. Helps get people in. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh Rockets. Let's get to the Rockets here. The Rockets got a win last night. Controversial. We will take it any way that uh we can get them, but the Rockets a game that they they were leading for most of this game against the Knicks. Knicks are a good team. They're a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. Um, the Rockets get a very controversial call to close out the game. Uh, Aaron Holiday, a, a prayer heave from about 30 feet on a completely janky, misplayed final possession a, hey, by, by the Rockets. It was a scrappy offensive rebound he got. <laughs> the one that just well, got car- caromed directly into his hands off of a blocked Jalen Green shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was right. It was, yeah. as it soon was as, his first rebound of the evening. Dude, as soon and, as Jalen uh, as soon as Jalen started ISOing with eight seconds left, I'm going, Oh, no, this is not gonna go good. <laughs> and it wound up going good. Aaron Holiday gets a ticky tack foul called on him from three point land. He makes two, intentionally misses the third. The Knicks get the rebound, they call yeah. timeout, but not in time, and the Rockets four game losing streak is history. Boom. Yes. Evaporated. Yeah. The funny the interesting part of that is that after the game. The officials admitted that it shouldn't have been a foul call on Brunson when he when he flew past Holiday. Yep. Um, they reviewed it, but it wasn't. It didn't come from Thibodeau, the Knicks coach. So they were only reviewing whether or not there was time left on the clock when Brunson fouled Holiday. But the officials would have realized in that moment that there was no foul, and yet they still had to rule whether or not. There was time on the clock when the foul occurred, yeah. which didn't actually occur. Don't burn don't, through your challenges, Thibodeau. Keep one in your back pocket. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's that can't challenge it, can't turn it over, can't can't overturn the call. 
six. All right, uh, Mike Zimmer is the new DC in Dallas. There was a little bit of conf- faux show. <laughs> faux show. It's happening. It's one there, of Zimmer's favorite sayings. There was confusion over this. Let's get to this bit of audio here. There was confusion over this on Sunday. This is on the NFL or on ESPN's NFL Countdown Show on Super Bowl Sunday. Adam Schefter saying or backing up his report from earlier in the weekend that Mike Zimmer is indeed going to be the defensive coordinator in Dallas. This past week, the Dallas Cowboys went ahead and hired Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. He rejoins the Dallas Cowboys after serving in Dallas as their prior defensive coordinator from 2000 to 2006 before becoming the Vikings head coach later on. Obviously, they talked to a wide number of candidates like our own Rex Ryan, and I can tell you this, they loved Rex. They were highly impressed with Rex. Rex made quite a mark on the Jones family, and I'm a little surprised they didn't hire him with as much as they loved him, but we're quite happy that they did, and we're happy to have him here, and this will be a big year for the Dallas Cowboys without him, Mike McCarthy, on the last year of his contract. So, Rex has got security here. He doesn't have to worry about a head coach on this set being in the last year of his deal. Let me point out a couple things there. Rex and Schefter, they weren't on the set together. Schefter was being brought in via Zoom, but Rex was one of the you know one of the analysts there as Schefter is laying out that report again on Sunday morning that Mike Zimmer is going to be the DC in Dallas. Ten seconds later, they go to Rex to get his opinion on this, and this is what he says: I can honestly say right here, first off, I'm not so sure that Zimmer's got that job right now. Not real sure about that. Um, I can honestly say I'm, uh, I, I'm, I don't believe that's a fact right now. Okay, and the reason Rex was saying that is because the Cowboys were in the process of circling back to Rex because they were having a hard time getting a deal done with Zimmer at that point. Now, yeah. eventually, they did get the deal done, but she- and we don't have time for the audio. Schefter had to go on McAfee and backtrack from his report. It's like, no, the other- he- Rex was right. Like They did go back to Rex to talk to him a little bit. One thing Cowboys fans should be excited about with Zimmer, mm-hmm. uh, I saw a chart yesterday of Zimmer versus Kubiak-Shanahan system coaches mm-hmm. has been extremely good defensively, oh. including just not including his most recent years in Minnesota where the defense wasn't that good, um, versus Dan Quinn, who's just been uh, very, very mediocre versus Kubiak-Shanahan system. So, in the, so end- they, the, the Cowboys just lost to yeah. uh, a Shanahan system and, and Matt LaFleur. Well, they lost to a Shanahan system and Matt LaFleur, and the road goes through actual Shanahan in the NFC also, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. with San Francisco. So that's, uh, that's interesting. I, I didn't realize that Zimmer had that kind of success. I'll send you the graphic. Thanks, Seth. Um, <laughs> um, this will be a quick one. Mitchell Trubisky. Cut by the steel. Can we stop it with Mitchell Trubisky signing deals with teams, please? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I saw that you put this in here. Yeah. <laughs> no, remember his time spent under uh, Josh Allen up in Buffalo a couple years ago was going to be what turned him all around. <laughs> he never played. He played like five <laughs> snaps the whole season. Like, boy, they turned him around. He's Sean. been through the car wash here in Buffalo, and he's come out squeaky clean. Eight. Last one here: um, a soccer player in Indonesia was struck by lightning during a game. And died on the field, uh, and it, it, oh. it was a wild. If you're into people, it's never getting, happened before COVID. Well, I've never. You have much. you ever seen? I bring this up. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> I'm going to blame the vaccines on this one. <laughs> you know, now I that I look, remember, now that I look at the video, players getting killed by lightning. Now that I look at the video, um, 
Have you ever seen an actual lightning strike? I don't mean like out in the sky, like way out there. Like has a yeah, yeah, close up, close yeah, up. It's yeah, freaked, freaked me to hell. What out. happens? It's what very happened? bright. What happens? It's very bright, bright, and very loud. Um, we were driving like past some old barn on like in a, the middle of a bunch of fields, and it just I don't. It was out of the corner of my eye. Yeah. It hit something on this barn. And it's just so like immediate and loud and everything that I didn't. I thought there was like a transformer that had exploded or something. Yeah, scary. Septing. I can't imagine when it's you yourself. Yeah, dude, it. the video is crazy. It's on TMZ. Like, it looks like it looks like God is shooting a laser gun at a guy. <laughs> like it just comes down and fries the guy on the field. Septane oh. Raharja is was the player's name. He was just playing playing in a friendly. Over there in Indonesia, just a friendly soccer match, and he's walking around he's 35 on 35 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, ending the 8-8. people eight. die by lightning strike every year in America? Good it's a question. Good amount. Yeah, good question. I bet it's, what's the over-under? The number of people in America that die yeah. via lightning strike, I'm going to put it at, I'm going to put it at f- uh, 552. A year? A year, yeah. No way. You think it's more? Yeah. No, I think it's way less. You think it's like several thousand people? You think it's like we several need, thousand people? There would be a move to ban lightning if it was 500 people. <laughs> uh, lightning kills about 20 people each year in the U.S. Oh, okay. Hundreds more are injured. Okay. So I was way too high then. I thought maybe I was Yeah, way low. too high. There's lightning yeah. like every day, everywhere, you know? If it was 500 a year, then you would know somebody who'd been killed by lightning. At some I do point. know like you somebody. Have, like a, few, a couple de- degrees of separation. What's it? You know somebody? I know who? a friend of mine from high school. His brother was struck by lightning like 15 years ago and was killed. What was he doing? Was he out on a canoe on a lake know. in the middle it's a of good a question. thunderstorm? Yeah, I don't know. I used, to, I used to live on the beach, and frankly, I used to, I'd be like, you idiots. Like oh, it'd be like yeah. like lightning off in the, uh, the, the like on the horizon that you could see, and uh, they're out there taking pictures of the lightning and everything in a wide couldn't be a more wide open space. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A um, a division rival, actually a couple of them. One that kills the Texans has the ultimate respect for C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell. This is good audio. You're not going to want to miss it. It's next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, good to be with you, Payne and Pendergast. All right, um, 
This age that we're in now with players, current and former players, having podcasts is really fun for content. Um, I know they're in the same division as the Texans, but this Trenches podcast starring Zaire Franklin and friends yeah. is kind of fun. Time we've, second time we've used this one. Yeah. They do a really good job. They do. It's, uh, Zaire Franklin and EJ. Is EJ Speed his permanent co-host? Was he on this one? I don't know. I don't know oh, if okay. he was on this one because this one had T.Y. Hilton as a guest. Oh, so okay. The, the okay. audio we're about to hear is largely T.Y. Hilton. Okay, he probably it's Zaire. Fra- he probably brings on different guys. Yeah, uh, all yeah. The but time. he okay, he cool. did have he was Zaire Franklin was sitting on a couch. Yeah. With two other players next to him to his right and to his left was T.Y. Hilton sitting in a chair on his own, like you know, kind of. Like, oh, is that you know what that might be his permanent co-host that I didn't realize? Has T.Y. Hilton gained a little weight? Not that I could tell. <laughs> I hope yeah. I hope he gets fat as hell. I yeah, hope I he do just, too. <laughs> I hope he gets. I hope type one diabetes, morbidly obese, <laughs> to the point where he can never attend a football game in Houston, Texas, ever again. I wouldn't say that about most football players, but ones who basically were the equivalent of Jerry Rice on steroids against your team, it's okay. To, not rooting for death, just obesity. They, that's all. Honestly, like the Colts are kind of dumb for not bringing him along to every Texans game. Yeah, they should have him on the bench. Like he's some kind of. This is the second part. I'm not superstitious except for two things. One, the San Diego Chargers. Excuse me, the uh, Chargers franchise in general. Cursed. And two, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had some really nice things to say, much to the chagrin of his former Colts teammates, about C.J. Stroud. And Tank Dell, he makes a comparison that I'm guessing T.Y. Hilton views as the ultimate compliment. I'm going to tell you a receiver and a quarterback mm. that reminds me of me and 12. Mm. It's still early, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to make some of y'all mad, but it is what it is. I'm going to speak facts. They're part of the city that I own, right? C.J. Uh-huh. and Tank Dell, bro. Is that it? C.J. CJ and Tank Dell? Yeah. Well, I've... I had to remove. There were parts of that clip. Zaire Franklin gets pretty. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, Zaire Franklin has a love hate relationship with C.J. Stroud. Yeah. He uh, he he very much respects how good he is. But Zaire Franklin's old school. He wants to hate his opponent. Yeah. And uh, and I respect that about him. He like really really tries to foster a hatred for the guys he plays. Big and he time. Gets, he gets angry when he when he's uh, confronted with reasons to like them. And what it turned into on that clip was yeah. there were parts of that. That's why I was a little caught off guard that it ended, even though I was the one that told Ben exactly how to cut yeah. it up. Um, there was at least 30 seconds where all four guys are just yelling over each other. Like, just literally, it's just, it would be the worst yeah. radio. Like, they're just, just It's a fun podcast. You would, yeah, you wouldn't know exactly, like, what to bleep out or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. That's yeah. the big thing. They're, they're talking over each other, and they're dropping all kinds of bombs. Um, here's one more from T.Y. Hilton, and then uh, we'll share thoughts on this. Marvels, marvels at the off-script stuff that C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell do. Bro, I was watching one of their games, and C.J. scrambled and just... Throw it the tank. I know exactly what you're talking about. Back back right corner. Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly Just right throw it the tank. I say, but I got him a far take my home, but I say, yo, that look like me and luck, bro. Like, no cap. Like, that's different. Mm-hmm. Mm. And as I kept watching them, they kept going off script, off script, off script. And then when they get on script, like, it's just like, man, how are we going to start these two? Mm. And then Tank got hurt. And I was like, dang, they might struggle. But then Nico picked up. And I'm like, bro, if 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 Nico could play like this with Tank, they go be a problem. Alright. I like that. I like a division rival acknowledging that the Texans are gonna be 
a big, big problem. Is Nick is a tandem of Nico Collins and Tank Dell both healthy? Obviously, yeah. is is that enough to play to go against teams like we saw on Sunday in Las Vegas? Yeah, it makes a big, big, big difference. They still, if they're going to run this offense, they need to figure out how to run the ball still because that's what really just unleashes everything. But I think that you know Tank Dell, Tank Dell brings an element to playing against a team like the Chiefs that the 49ers don't really have. Yeah. You know, I mean there's very few people as slippery athletic as as Tank Dell in the NFL. And that's a nice thing to have. You know, I think like the it, for one, A, he's not a slot receiver, but he's slot receiver size. And there's a lot of, you know, people a lot of times think, well, you know, these these Shanahan offenses don't necessarily need a slot receiver. Yeah, they don't technically need one, but they, it's not like they turn them away. Like David Anderson, like David Anderson was p- getting playing time with Gary Kubiak and Kyle Shanahan yep. for a reason. And like, so yeah, he brings an element against an opponent like the Chiefs that maybe the 49ers don't really have. I, I like that it's, um, T.Y. Hilton given Tank Dell that love too, because T.Y. Hilton wasn't as small as Tank Dell, but he was a 5'10 guy. Yes. Yeah. He was um, smaller. He's, he's on the uh, small yeah, side. He's thicker, but, but, but still short. Yeah. So I don't, that's why I'm curious about Tank Dell. If he comes back a little bit stouter, um, not that it's a, I don't need him to or anything, but I'd be curious to see if he tries to bulk up a little bit. He doesn't have a frame where he's ever going to be, say. he's not going to be like Steve Smith senior or anything, but I, I could see him being a little bit thicker. He's you know? got like tiny little bird legs, man. Like he's, he's a, he's a skinny you can muscle dude. him up though. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I can't wait to get Jay- him back. Jalen Hurts, like Jalen Hurts' frame isn't that big. It's just that he's he's been squatting six hundred pounds since he was fourteen years. Yeah, old. Yeah, wasn't he like on the <laughs> weightlifting team or something? He was. Like yeah, that? he was like a state weightlifting champion. Yeah. Um, so he's just. I mean, like, and Tank Dell's not going to do in one off season what Jalen Hurts did no. over the course of ten or fifteen years. But um, yeah, I think he's got a little room to grow. It, like, some I worry about guys putting on weight or taking off weight when whatever they're doing is working, but I think just on the, the down in down out week in week out grind that is the NFL, it might help tank to be a little bit bigger. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. That's just, it was cool to hear, man. T Y Hilton Texans killer. I also need to see, I'd like to see tank Dell at some point, pull a Travis Kelsey, um, and, and butt up Nico Collins on the, or Nico, uh, D'Amico Ryan's on the sideline. Oh yeah. Um, just because he's upset that he's not in on goal line. <laughs> I, I want him to, okay. I want tank to be like D'Amico, D'Amico, Put me in. Put me in. Demico's like, oh, it's all right, Tank. Just, just stop. You know, stop trying to Kelsey me. Does Tank's injury affect when and where they use him on the field next year? I think it might. I don't think that you need to. I don't like. You don't want it to be in a situation where it, he's only going in on passing plays, uh, right. or he's only used on the outside because that takes away some of your versatility. I think on that play, I think Tank Dell was like looking for work that he didn't need to be looking for. Yeah. I, I don't think he, he wasn't supposed to be that far down inside on that. Play. He went into business for himself is what yeah. we call that. Like he's, which, 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 which is admirable if you don't get your yeah. leg broken. You know, it's gotta be tough. Um, so I, so I was watching this thing about Alexander the great, uh, last night mm-hmm. on Netflix and he's going up against Darius, the big old Persian King, you know? And, uh, in the first battle where they face off, Darius is on his chariot and he sees Alexander face to face. And in that moment, Darius's advisors 
are like, nope, we got to get the hell out of here. Like, we can't lose the king. You got to get the hell out of here. And, you know, Darius doesn't want to go. It's not because he's a coward or anything. Right. It's just he's that vital and important. They got to get him the hell out of there. You know, meanwhile, Alexander was an up-and-comer. He's trying to make a name for himself. I think Tank Dell needs to realize that he's not, he's not an up-and-comer anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, like, everybody knows you're tough enough. Everybody knows that you're not scared. Like, all that. Like, you don't need to prove yourself by... By uh, riding your chariot into danger on the yes, you, you are in the best ability is availability category now. Like we yeah, got to have you yeah, out. Yeah, we we yeah. got to have you out there now. Um, yeah. That's interesting. So was the Alexander? Was it Alexander the Great? You said Alexander the Great. Was yeah. it? Was it a? Was it a movie? Movie or was it one of those no, like, like docu- docudrama? Docudrama like with actors playing. It's them? a mini series of like yeah. So it shows Alexander, and it's not you know how these things go. I got like one and a half episodes into it, and now, I, but now I've read like you know twenty nine articles about yeah. it, so now I'm being the well actually and picking out like where it's not historically accurate and everything. But um, it's good, it's good. Yeah. Um, Chancellor Johnson from Channel Two, yeah, did a. I don't know if you saw this on social media yesterday. I did. I did. Yeah, they did a reenact. They did like a docudrama of style of the Texans off season with actors. Yeah. Like with it turned out to be spoiler alert Ari Alexander playing Nick Casario. You didn't notice till the very end because the shots were always to the back. But well, I knew it wasn't Nick. Car- Ca- we knew it wasn't Casario, Nick Casario, yeah. but I, that turns out it was Ari. I was always curious. I'm like, Ooh, who's playing Nick? He's doing a really good job of wearing well, they, a, wearing a vest Nick. and banging yeah. the table. Yeah, that's how they knew. That's how they showed you that it was Nick. He was facing away from the camera. Yeah, and um, and he was wearing a vest, and you could tell who the various other. Uh, uh, people were because they chose a black guy uh if it was it was like oh there's a guy a black guy and a guy in a vest it's a white guy in a vest someone playing and, nick shaking yes, hands with a were, not as good yeah. a shaped <laughs> version of D'Amico. that's where it was and then who was the guy that was who was the player they were having him sign i think it was sheldon rankins Sheldon Rankins, yeah. I was a little offended on behalf of Sheldon Rankins because they do that thing where I get offended on, on behalf of linemen in football movies where they just take a big dude and they're like, yes, this is an NFL lineman. Right. Minus the actual ass. <laughs> yes, this is the... Uh, <laughs> to be fair, they probably don't have 310 pounders just floating around the building. That's in true, yeah, yeah, like, uh, like, like, in, like extremely fit. Central and, like, casting? Out. <laughs> I, need- I need a fit 310 pounder. Yes. yes. Um, it was fun though, cause I, cause I watch a lot of, uh, a series called Dark Side of the Ring on Vice, uh-huh. and it's a lot of documentaries about, like, like sad or, or evil things that happen in the world of wrestling. And they've got a lot of, like, actors, like, kind of blurry screened actors. As, yeah. You know, like a guy yeah. is Vince McMahon pounding a table. You can't really see his face, but you can tell that's who he's supposed to be, and he's pounding the table. And I'm looking at this video the Chancellor dropped. I'm like, this is Dark Side of the Ring, but a much happier version. Nick yeah, and gonna be fun. Yeah. It was fun. I, it was, I enjoyed it. I liked it, too. I want more. <laughs> it reminded me of the days back with Pablo Elsina on KHOU when Pablo would do little skits before Sports Extra. Yeah, you love that. <laughs> to the point where I walked off set. Walked once. off. Amy and I, okay, let me just tell you real quick. That was the worst part about changing cable providers for us was yeah. – Amy and I had this is back in this has to be like 2015 or something like that, Seth. Where Pablo it's been a long time, Pablo yeah. Alcino was one of the sports anchors over at KHOU. He was unlike any of the other sports anchors at KHOU. He came from like the entertainment world, 
right? He came from the entertainment world, but also a little bit of like um, like Spanish language television. Yeah, too. like where it was a little bit more theatrical, high energy. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was actually it was good for me ultimately. But like he was big into doing like these Dude. intros that were like planned out skits and everything. And I had to like I had to like kind of swallow the 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 inner like. <laughs> dumb jock in me every week and uh the one where you tapped out was the the one that you where you tapped out was the one where it was just the two of you doing the show he's the host you're the you're the athlete and the texans cheerleaders were invited into studio and they had a virtual disco ball hung up in the studio and at one point pablo's like let's go over here and dance And starts doing this. Like Pablo goes first and dances under the disco ball. Goes through the line, through right, the like, disco line. Right, right. Yeah, like, the, you know, yeah. uh, he, HTC Caitlin goes next. Yeah. HTC Victoria goes next. And Seth, you had this look on your face where, like, I, you just jumped out of the screen. You didn't even dance. You jumped out of the screen. I walked through and jumped <laughs> through the screen, Got wa- walked out the door, went to my car, and drove home. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even go back for the close of the show. I didn't. Amy, <laughs> Amy and I, let me tell you right now, Amy and I are maniacal about cleaning off our DVR. That yeah. episode of Sports Sunday, no, not Sports Sunday, what is it? Uh, sports. Sports Extra. Sports Extra. That episode of Sports Extra stayed on our DVR until we changed cable providers. That was on there for another five years. When I needed a laugh, I'd go watch that. It was, uh, yeah, I kind of, uh, it was cool. Pablo and I had a chat about it, and Pablo, Pablo was really, Pablo was, Pablo was really cool. Like he's, uh, we still, we still keep in touch a yeah. little bit. And uh, it, but yeah, I tell Jason Bristol all the time now. Like Jason, you need to get me dancing more. I just uh, don't, yeah. don't be scared. Don't be scared of the incident I had with Pablo. What, what this show needs is more dancing. I point Sunday you evening. to October twenty first, twenty fifteen, Jason. Go back and watch it. Yeah, I guess you had sent me. I I don't know. I used to have it saved too, and I got rid of oh, it. Oh God, that was, I, I I was uh, every now every now and then. If you go to Pablo Alcina's Instagram, he posts a few of those old ones and uh, oh. like the intros. And I'm actually kind of impressed with my acting skills. Really? Times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I gotta go. I don't. I might have to put together a reel and send it out to uh, <laughs> sizzle reel. You know, our listener Joan, her her son is an agent with okay. uh, one of the big time Hollywood agencies. Okay. Well, there's your probably path. just a matter of time until I land a, a leading man role. Yes. Yeah. For sure. I, okay, now I got to go to Pablo's Instagram and go watch some of this stuff. All right. Hey, speaking of acting, we've got our top three the commercials from the Super Bowl this past week. We scoured them, we found them, we've got them. Did they match up with your list? That is next. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, still sifting through things from the Super Bowl. On the field, off the field, on TV. I think we've narrowed down our big three on the commercials here on this show. We take a little extra time to kind of scour through them and make sure that we've got a suitable list. There were a lot of really good commercials. I thought it was a pretty good year for commercials. The problem is that most commercials, like the the visual component is huge. So yesterday I went through and... uh, Looking through various lists of, okay, the best Super Bowl commercials, I found the ones that also were the best for radio. Translate. Since, yeah. yeah, since this is just, uh, since you guys, 
you can't see us unless you're watching on the YouTube stream. <laughs> yeah, but we're not holding up an iPad playing the commercial on the YouTube stream either. Yeah, you get to see our we're doing a reaction video on YouTube. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, the the Christopher Walken one was good because I felt like it was the most real life scenario, which is Christopher Walken probably has a lot of people coming up to him and doing Christopher Walken impressions. It's kind of like De Niro. Like a lot of people think they have a good Christopher Walken or a lot of people think they have a good De Niro. So uh, this was Christopher Walken going about his business while driving his BMW. That's what the ad was for. We're just going to play a little snippet for you. But it's first him, uh, him getting coffee, him walking his dog, him talking to his tailor, and then him uh, getting seated at a restaurant. All these various people doing impressions of him. Thank you. Of course. Enjoy your coffee. Careful, it's hot. Thanks. Your dog's so cute. Mm. Ooh, so adorable. Wow. We both know it's the man makes the clothes. You know, you look nice. Okay, we done? Hello, Mr. Walken. Does this table work for you? Yeah. <laughs> Some of those were pretty good. They were pretty good. The yeah. coffee guy was pretty good at first. Um, and uh, the, the guy that's seated, the, actually the first guy that does a Christopher Walken impression yeah. was like good but awful at the same time. I like the females, you know, I like the females that do it. <laughs> I'm always impressed with like Christopher Walken. I'm guessing when he was a young man, had a lot of people try to get him to stop talking the way he talks, and yet it became his signature. It became, yeah, it's a good thing he kept talking that way. Annoying yeah. as it may be sometimes, yes. Did you see the Arnold Schwarzenegger State Farm I did, I did, yeah. yeah. So this, we'll play a little snippet just at the very beginning when Arnold Schwarzenegger is playing a State Farm action hero, and he's walking out of a burning house carrying two puppies and handing them to a grateful homeowner. Thank you, Agent State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Cut. Hey, Arnold, I'm hearing neighbor. It's neighbor. That's what I said. Neighbor. <laughs> neighbor. Neighbor. Hey, let's go again. <laughs> <laughs> that one has Danny DeVito in it, too, at the end. Twins! Where, yeah, yeah. Arnold calls him a backstabber. <laughs> and, and Danny DeVito, uh, yeah. Um, I felt like uh, I almost felt like there could be like a Riley Cooper edition of this too, but they were wise not to go with it at this stage of State uh, Farm does not they do not uh, spare any expense as far as the stars they go get for their commercials. No, well they had Jake from State Farm correct him in there too. Oh, did yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Arnold's having a bit of a a resurgence. He's been in a lot of stuff lately. Good for him. There was a documentary about him. He's Mm -hmm. been. I I think it's. I think it's because Sylvester Stallone has been in some stuff. Yeah. And I think that old rivalry, maybe got, uh, I know they're friendly now and they like each other, but I bet there's still a rivalry there. And now each of them is committed to, to outlasting Outdoing the other one. Outdoing the other one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm worried that it's going to end in one of those two guys doing their own stunts and dying. Like in the, Of course, you know what? If you got to go, if you're an action hero, if you reinvented the action hero in Hollywood, then might as well go out that way. Yes. Die doing what you love, being an action hero. All right, this third one here is the one that I think got the most buzz out of any of them. This one, I think because Tom Brady was in a couple of funny commercials. Tom Brady was in the other, the MGM Grand commercial in mm-hmm. which he was banned from uh, appearing, but he showed up as a funny, like trying to be an imposter pool player. This is the Dunkin' Donuts in which Ben Affleck um, is trying to prove to his wife, Jennifer Lopez, 
that his his rap his Boston rap group, the Dunk Kings, should be on their next album. So you're gonna hear him talking to Tom Brady and Matt Damon as uh, as he's performing for Jennifer Lopez. Touchdown, Tommy on them keys. Player coach, got it. I'm open. And needs no introduction, my partner. Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. You said you were gonna support me. How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgave you. <laughs> yeah, so. the, Matt Damon. Uh, I like is, Matt Damon. Yeah, how do you like them donuts is a good one. Matt Damon stole the show in that commercial. Like so when he, that part where he's sometimes they, they throw it to him. He goes, "Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend." <laughs> to Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, at the very end. Uh, yeah, that's when he says, "Yeah, it's very, it's very hard to be your friend." Oh no, he said at the very end. He said, "You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is it. Yeah. This is that. This is the anything." That's yeah. Oh, those are good. Those are good. Fat Joe was in it. You know what I thought? Um, I thought it was Casey Affleck dropping him off. At the I did beginning. too. That was actually um, Jack Harlow. Dropping- Jack Harlow looked a little. Yeah, I thought it was Casey Affleck, but is uh, is Jack Harlow okay. the musician? Okay, yeah. I thought it was Casey Affleck. Oh, and then for those who didn't see it. Jack Harlow, as it turns out, is dropping Ben Affleck off at the studio at the beginning of the yeah, ad. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. it was his brother. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks for the clarification. They look kind of similar. Very similar. Similar enough to where I thought it was Casey Affleck. I haven't seen Casey Affleck doing anything in years, so I was like, oh, who knows? He's got the same kind of moppy hair and, you know. Um, I Casey Affleck was like, it, 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 weird. he was like the lesser of the Afflecks fame-wise, but yeah. I felt like he had more chops as an actual actor. Yeah, Ben was better at yeah. getting himself over, I think, than, than Casey was, for sure. Hey, let's uh, let's drop one in here. Larry in Stafford is on the line. What's going on, Larry? Well, welcome back, gentlemen. Uh, long time no speak, and uh, just wanted to get in and just chop it up with y'all on a couple things, man. I, I know Vegas was off the charts, John, because I was following you, man, and you were like, yeah, it's time for me to get my ass up out of here, man. Because yeah, that's how that's how Vegas is, man. You can only stay for so long before it starts looking like you you, you just become a, a, a citizen. But look, I'm a big fan of your daughter, and she is absolutely right. I love the passion that Travis Kelsey had, man. I understand that everybody want to blow it up. There was Plenty of times during Andre Johnson's career, I wanted him to go bump Gary Kubiak ass for having him on the sideline when they was down there in the red zone, man. Travis just wanted the ball and he wanted to play. He could have probably handled it a little way, but I don't see no big deal about it, man. And the fact of the matter is this. All these people that continuously hate on what Taylor Swift is doing for the NFL or being at the games, man, y'all need to get a life, man. I, I, I mean, I don't know her music like that. But it's not that big of a deal, man. She adds something to it to give y'all something to talk about, and I can appreciate it. They should have the Super Bowl in Vegas every single year, man, because, look, if you could bring 300,000 people into a city, gamble your ass off all night long, party all night long, that's where you want to be. I'm not sure if I ever want to go back to Minnesota for a Super Bowl or nothing like that, man, because you can have so much fun in that desert. Fellas, I know y'all had a good time, man. Now it's time to get serious about what them boys on Kirby going to do because the next Super Bowl is in New Orleans, and y'all know we can turn New Orleans out. Them boys got to get there and I'll haul. Yeah, Larry, appreciate it. You got to get to Canton first, Larry. I know that's going to happen. Larry's going to be in Canton, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Come August yeah. for old uh, Andre Johnson's induction. You know, the one thing about – 
the Super Bowl being in Vegas. And you and I were both correct in, uh, in our thoughts on this. We saw a lot of people before the Super Bowl, like Joe Buck and others, say, there will, there will be an incident. Whoa, you can't go to Vegas without there being an incident. Um, there were no incidents. The only incident was a Las Vegas Raiders player uh, got arrested for a DUI like the week before the Super Bowl, when I'm guessing he was already in Las Vegas because that's where he lives. So that wasn't even – I don't even count that as a Super Bowl incident. Um, it's, it's kind of like the whole New Year's Eve thing where the people that cause the most issues on New Year's Eve tend to be the people that don't actually go out all that much. They're not professionals at mm-hmm. it. Uh, I feel like that's what – most Super Bowls are in various other cities. Yes. It's like a bunch of amateurs out on New Year's Eve. Whereas with Vegas, this is like uh, industry night at the club. Yes. This is just a bunch of a bunch of professionals out there doing what they do. Like they know how to handle a big event like this and how to keep things. And it's so like it's so set up for the opposite of issues because it's so easy to get a cab. Yep. It's so easy to get an Uber everywhere you go or just to walk that I think all the DUI incidents and what have you or other potential issues just don't like they don't. A, happen maybe, or B, they don't see the light of day because those casinos are also really good at squashing things. Yeah, it was, I never felt like the town was being overrun like you do at some Super Bowls, you know, like they, there was a roofing convention going on the same week, a huge one. Yes, there were plenty of hotel rooms. It was, it was really, really good. Um, I painted Pendergast with you. We head into the nine o'clock hour. Mike Sando, the athletic, he talked to an executive about the Kansas City Chiefs. The, the biggest thing for the Kansas City Chiefs and the reason they won this Super Bowl, is this something that we can say about the current iteration of the Houston Texans? We'll run it through the filter next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 